first of all, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's a very, uh, it's a good pleasure to have you. And uh, I don't know if you remember me. We met a couple of times at Rack Focus. We had some yes. chats some, uh, with you and your husband. I was having yeah. a few movies in there. <laughs> I was wondering if you remember me because we... Uh, Long time we, ago. Yeah, we chilled and talked for a while. I think yeah. uh, last time I saw you, you guys were about to head out somewhere. Uh, oh, you were, probably. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. always going somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I remember you were going to California or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I gosh, it's all a blur. We we we, yeah. we do tend to travel a lot. Yeah. That was probably like 2016 or something. Yeah. 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 That's like, correct. Wow, yeah. And I didn't get chance to ask you about your name. Is that your author name, Serafina Nova Glass, or is that your real, real name? Real name. I'm surprised more people don't ask. Are me you that. serious? You know, you're actually the first person, and I was expected to get that all the time. Look. And the- I asked I met an author. I was at the award ceremony for the Edgar Awards in New York last yeah. week. And I met an author that I know, and she introduced herself by a different name. And it was the opposite. I was shocked. I thought 100% that was her pen name was her real name. So yeah. it's my real name. <laughs> when we became friends, and then we hooked up on Facebook, and I saw your name, and I was like, I, okay, I didn't know no. you right back then. I thought you were like no. in the movies. That was a complete like 180 degree. And I was like, and then suddenly you're like an author. And I was like, what? What happened? <laughs> well, I didn't. My first book was 2020. So it's all still pretty new. Wow. Well, like, so I guess I, I'm glad I met you before. <laughs> the- yes, I mean, I was doing the screenwriting stuff, but yeah. The, um, yeah, this is all still, I mean, I'm going on book five. My book, fifth book comes out in January and my fourth book comes out in a couple of weeks. Nice. But it is still only a couple of years old yeah so and when i saw your name on i was like this must be her author name after i discovered your writing and i was like this is probably her pen name you know yeah and well no. that, that's a very interesting name tim there he is yeah so and then and that's how i i, I always try to refer to you by that name and i was like okay when i meet her next time i have to ask about this yeah you know i gotta get down to it but that's a very uh, no. interesting name. Check, so check, it's hey, a very confusing. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I mean, the note that I was born Serafina and I had a different last name growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I took my mother's name as an adult. So my mother's last name is Nova. I took her last name and then I married Glass. So it's all legit, but oh. not, you know. You know what? That's a, that, that's a good thing because, you know, you have this name that looks like a pen name, but it's your real name. So you can confuse people right. always. Well, the nice thing is there's not another one. So it's not like you're going to look up like, you know, oh, Paul yeah. Smith at <laughs> No, your name is so unique. I mean, when I look you up, it's either there is results or there is none. So there's nice. no, uh, like, you know, I can't be confused with you with somebody else. Timmy, yes. you joined us. You seem confused. Hi, Tim. I think he's having sound issues. Anyway, so how did you start? How tell? Can you give us like a little, uh, you know, snapshot of how did you became an author? I did. Well, I'm a professor at UTA. Okay. Still, I'm still full time, but I teach online, so I haven't been to campus in a while. And my background's playwriting, so I was oh. directing a play in 2019. And uh, the commute was pretty long because I live in East Dallas. Yeah. So I started listening to my first thriller book that I'd ever read on audio on the drive, and I thought literally after chapter two, I'm like, why aren't I doing that? I want to do that. And so when the play closed and I wasn't commuting, it was like October, 2019. And um, I'm sorry, 2018. Yeah. And I wrote the book. I just said, I'm going to stop everything, write a book. It took me about 12 weeks to write it. And so by Christmas, I was done. And by January, I had an agent. And by the end of January, we had like a three book deal with HarperCollins. And it just went from there. That was quick. Wow. It was very quick. 
Wow. It's not a normal. I'm told that that's not normal. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a very unique story because usually you, you, I'm pretty sure you read about it, you know the the struggles of there's a lot of you know back and forth for people to get that hook or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not a, a, a clean cut experience in the publishing world. That's know. why it's hard when people ask for advice, like you know, how would you get published and what how what did you do? And it, it, gosh, it's so different for everybody. There's no way to say oh, i just got lucky yeah. <laughs> or i write really fast i just happen to write fast and you know because I, I was gonna I... ask you for advice too i mean i've been wanting to be a writer for a long time and i write oh, really? I, yeah i write a lot of stuff i write in uh, things i mean i have like a book that i've been working on for like the past i don't know three years i have all the puzzles and just trying to put it together but like the publishing part is like how do you get to that how do you find the agent and do all that stuff so you know seeing your uh experience yeah you 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 got lucky yeah i mean you know they part I, I think lucky but i also think it's not like i just started it sounds fast but i've been writing i mean i was writing hallmark christmas movies before that i think six or seven of more option and then before that i was a playwright so i did get lucky in a sense but i think that there's an appetite for thrillers and um i write them pretty quickly i usually take only about 12 weeks to write a book and yeah. so I'm popping out pretty quick and publishers, I mean, that's attractive to publishers because they're going to be able to keep selling yeah. you. And Actually, let me take that back. I don't think it's luck because if you have a good book, you should, I mean, you need a little bit of luck, but the book should speak for itself. And I say that from like reading your book, you know, reading the I such know, a, like when I read it, such a good wife how do I say this? It's like I was watching a movie. I mean, it's like reading that book and I was like, this is a movie, but in book format. It's amazing. And and you, ha you ha so the book speaks for itself. You know what I mean? So getting lucky is like probably 2% of it or whatever. I, I think being really persistent too, because when I sent to agents, I mean, I spent the whole week, I probably sent to 400 agents in a weekend. And if they say wow. that they're not taking simultaneous submissions... <laughs> This is probably bad advice to give live, but or they're not taking new clients. They, I mean, I think every agent wants the next new thing, and they're gonna. Yeah. If your query strikes them, you know, they're gonna pay attention, and everybody's looking for yeah. the talent and the next bestseller. So, I mean, you know, most people have never finished a book. If you even finish it, you're like at the top one percent. So you got yeah. a shot then, yeah. I would say. No, but you have a very unique style. Like I said, uh, reading that such a good wife was stood out i read books i read a lot of books i read a lot of thrillers you know I read the classics so it's like i have a, a, a broad taste for these things and once in a while when you read a book it stands out you know it's like there's a, a pattern in there because you know you start to fall for when you're reading other books and they all like sound almost the same or you're trying you know trying to find the one that will get you excited about reading it so in a while when i read such a good wife that was the effect that I get. Well, that's nice to hear. It's also interesting because of my four books out, it's the least popular. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Are. Yeah, I don't know, but I disagree because I read it from a literature point of view because I love literature and I, you know, I, I wrote and read a lot of it. And also from a, a movie perspective, when I read it, I was like, it was such an enjoyable read, but also it was like a movie. So. Yeah. It's nice to hear. I feel like just about everybody says that about On a Quiet Street, my book after that one. Yeah. But many people say that about that one. So it's interesting that that's the one you resonate with. So, so you, you have that style. And I think that's why, I mean, an agent shouldn't, you know, if a good agent should see that and pick it up. What's up, Timmy? 
You can hear you can hear us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey. Um, I'm Tim, by the way. Hi, Tim. Nice to meet yeah. you. Yeah. So, so uh, <clears throat> what are you uh, working on right now? I just finished a book three days ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's called The Vacancy in Room Ten. Well, so my book, The Vanishing Hour, comes out at the end of May, just in a few weeks. Here. Yeah. Um, and that's a little bit different. It's a little, on, I, I'd say it's a little on the darker side. It's a little less domestic and not more serial killer, but just a little bit edgier <laughs> than, than my first couple or first three. Um, and then The Vacancy in Cabin 10, or in Cabin 10, The Vacancy in Room 10 comes out very quickly after this one, already in January. Um, and so... That hasn't even gone into editing yet. It's fresh, just freshly finished. Yeah. Um, and so since I just finished that, I'm not thinking about anything else, right? I don't know what's next. So, I have another book I have to write to the con- to fulfill the con- current contract, but I don't have yet thought about it yet. Are you are you only too much into thrillers, or are you considering other uh, genres in the, the style? A good question and a conversation I've had a lot recently, and I am thinking about moving into maybe some other genres. So haven't really decided but it's definitely um a conversation <laughs> you know and rice passed away so you can probably take the helm <laughs> <laughs> that's very generous of you to say no, i love literary fiction i grew up on literary fiction i mean it come from the theater and academia and so i think you know james baldwin and you know kate chopin and these great writers that's the kind of stuff that i used to read I went into genre fiction because I love thrillers and because, you know, it's a, it's just a, sort of an easier elbow into the business. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that it'd be too far off to maybe think that I'd delve into literary fiction again someday, writing-wise, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't delve too much into the, you know, the, 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 the new fiction stuff and all that. I read mostly, like, you know, the classic literature, like, you know, Dostoevsky and... Tolstoy and all that stuff, you know, Balzac and all the, the the French gurus and things. So, but once in a while, it's like I try to find something modern and recent and try to get into that because, you know, there's a lot of output and it's hard to sift through to find something. That's why it's like your book was like stood out so much. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? This is it. So I have a list of all your books now to read. Okay, good. <laughs> I like to hear that. Yeah, I made Tim read it. And I was like, okay, you need to read this book. True, yeah. Uh, I remember when you told me about this, I was like, um, all right, let's, let's check it out. Uh, I like that comment that you made that um, it's like a movie and whatnot. And I feel like that's really captive to me. If I can like read or listen to a book, most of the time I'm doing audiobooks because it's just, same. yeah, right. Same thing anyway um yeah when you when you start to visualize it and um you can see like you said like a movie whatnot that's i feel like that's a very that's a very good sign of like a good writer um because you get out of that um uh you know you get wrapped into i should say rather into uh that whole environment and whatnot and i will say this wasn't this wasn't (laughs) what i thought it was to be honest especially when you told me about like hey you need to check this book out i knew Um, it was gonna surprise you (laughs) Uh, yeah, like the title, I'm like, already, I'm like, okay, this is not what um, I was expecting out of you, but sure, yeah, let's let's give it a go. Like, I, I trust your word. When I, and it was actually pretty good. I was actually genuinely surprised. Uh, the whole time uh, I was listening to it, I was like, where where's this going? I was. It was like, a what? roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> twists and turns here and there, like her and um, her, her husband, you're, you're 
And I, I will say, unless I'm just slow, I didn't really even grasp the whole, um, uh, are we doing spoilers? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, I didn't, I didn't like grasp the whole thing. Like, cause he worded it, um, from what I remember, sorry, it's been a minute. Uh, from what I remember, you, you worded it in a way that you couldn't tell if she went with it, you know? Until like a certain point into the book, you're like, oh, she's been doing it. Or not only did she like do it, you you get that thing like it might have just been one time, but then you kind of realize it's a gradual or it's been a kind of a continuous thing. Yeah, that's where I came from it. And I was like, oh, wow, that that's an eye opener. And like how it just snowballs and everything and and the ending and all that stuff. Um, Well written. Very well written. It was it was a good study of what do you call it? A human transformation. It's like this perfect woman who's like you know just regular boring normal life but like what happens once and this could happen to any of us like you know when you're put in the circumstances you get to discover what you how far you would go or not go at all or collapse and then this woman doc the way you you took us through the her progression how she transformed and just took it to the next level and i was like what just happened it's I mean, I expected her to like, you know, freak out and try to protect her perfect life or whatever life she has. But uh, she went, she she discovered a side of herself that she is creative. She can go far to not let things, you know, get out of control. It was a good uh, character study. I, I think those know. are some of my favorite kinds of movies or books where, you know, just your average person gets put in it, you know, these extreme circumstances and then do things you can maybe maybe see yourself doing the same thing if you were put in that position um, or doing the right thing to begin with. But if you didn't and you got yourself in that kind of pickle, like what extreme, and you, you know, I try to imagine every step that she took and every extreme thing she did to justify to herself why in order to kind of make that, that sort of domino effect make sense. But um, those, I think that I, I just like those because it's not, you know, as much as espionage and superheroes and all that's great, I think just the real person, the average person, the domestic thrillers, you know, more exciting to me because it's just so plausible. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I love stuff that is grounded like so much in reality, like so much into you can see the dirt and everything. It's like because oh. those are like the experiments to see what if for real, because it's in the real world that you can you can feel and touch, you know? Yeah. It's someone could be next to you versus something that is, I mean, the fantastical stuff is good, but you go to it knowing that. Yeah. But mostly yeah. the things that are like this, you go to it, you can never know what it is. And then unless you experience it. Yeah, and it, you makes go it, very, that. makes it very human, if you will. Yeah. Like, like you were saying, grounded, yeah. Yeah, that's why I like it. I think that's true, yeah. Did anyone give you offers to make it into a movie? Uh, the so this one that I wrote after that, the one that uh, I told you is yeah. doing much better than this one uh, <laughs> called On a Quiet Street. Yeah. Yes. We, um, I, I'm not actually. I can't get details actually yet, but um, we have. We're looking at a limited series for for the next book, On a Quiet Street. Yeah, I, re- I read reviews about it, and it's in my next queue to read. I just didn't get a chance to read it, but the On a Quiet Street, that's the one I have after the... Uh, yeah, so that's one. the one that, that we're looking at, potentially. That's the... It was nominated for an Edgar Award. I think I told you we were just in New York for the ceremony. I didn't win, <laughs> but <laughs> it was cool. You know, there's only five of us nominated, so it's an honor. It was really cool to be in this ah, great Congratulations. Conference. That was good. I think I saw yeah, a couple of a, pictures that yeah, you posted. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's nice to get that kind of recognition and have, you know, potentially, you know, 
you know, I'm sure you probably know working in film can get optioned all the time and it doesn't mean it'll get made, but it's a big yeah, step. Yeah. It's taken a while and a lot of negotiated to get to that point. So, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's kind of crazy coming from never conceived of really writing crime fiction until uh, three years ago. And all of a sudden I'm on book five and these things are happening. So it's still sometimes kind of surreal, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of taken on a life of its own, I guess. Hey, look, one of these days, if I ever get budgets and become capable of making a big movie, I'm making a movie out of such a good wife. That would hey, it's be, all yours. I, I, <laughs> you know what? Yours. You know, it's good. Like you said, everybody underestimating it. Everybody knows, but I know exactly what I want to do with it. That oh, cool. one, I know. <laughs> but until get then... A, get a finance, we're on. Yeah, until then, that's the one I'll make. Cool. It's, it's just such a mind-stretching book. I don't know. I, I know I keep praising it so much. But it's true. It it's because, not I a mean, praise. It's true. You know, I I feel like ninety nine percent of my audience is women. So the fact that you feel that way about it is fantastic. I mean, you know, like I, I you, and you definitely maybe not ninety nine, maybe ninety five. But um, I think that the men that love thrillers like really love thrillers. But maybe usually go for Harlan Coben and more sort of high high concept, you know, um, crime and really fast paced. And these are a little bit more. Not cerebral, but sort of more psychedelic thrillers, you know. Yeah, and so I really appreciate that you yeah. appreciate it. I think that's uh, great. I, mean, I, I mean, because I see the piece. The reason I say this, like, I see the the pieces, like the way you were able to put it together. Because, like I, I told you, you know, I've been writing a book for a long time, so like I have the pieces, but like how to weave it together is like the puzzle. I have every piece I need. It's just how to achieve and deliver that uh, fluidity. So, do you outline book no i don't i just dive right in yeah oh wow okay yeah. i i wish i could send you a copy to give me your opinion but it's in french i don't know if you can read <laughs> 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 yeah it's, <laughs> it's in french but it's it's like it's like one of those situations stuff it's based on like real life kind of events but it's one of those things where you have like people in extreme situations and things happened and like you get to see how they handle it or how far they go with it because of the circumstances not because they are bad you know that's yeah. just it's so I that. Love that i'm amazed by people who can even conceive of starting writing a book without outlining i outline it next level oh really <laughs> I, I don't get like if, if i know that she's going to do this in chapter eight i know that i got to set it up where she sees this in chapter three and then later we go oh that comes together because she did this here and then this chapter i mean all those pieces are there and i think some people find it limiting to outline but i feel like i have such freedom when i start writing because you know today i'm on chapter 20 and i look at the outline and i've already done so much front-loaded work I have the five, and it's not exhaustive. I have the, the five big things that need to happen in that chapter. Yeah. And I know they got to come in and then I can just start writing and I know that I got to sprinkle those in. And then I'm never, and so I, you know, I sold the first draft because I don't revise very much. Yeah. And when I write these, I turn them into my publisher without editing them. I'm just, because it, to me, it's front loaded. All the works, the hard part is yeah. the concept and the outlining and then writing to me then is fun, but it's not fun in that stage. And so- Yeah, I, I just, uh, for me, it's like, you know, I have the, I think about the story and the idea for a while. It's like, it's in my head, but once it's all baked in, once I start writing, it's like sometimes I start and it just flows, pages yeah. and pages. And then I stop. And then what I stopped and I keep thinking about the events and then I go for like days. And then when I sit back again, it's just like blends and keeps going. So I don't have the ability to sit and plan things, but I can sit 
and just like when I start, it just doesn't. There's start. a lot of writers who do yeah. it that way. Who who and I'm I'm not one who has to write every day. I always get that advice. You should write every day no. or journal. I'll just do kind of that, like just bust out a project and sit in my chair for a week, and then I don't want to think about it for a month or something, like in big chunks like that. But um, you know, and there's people we call them pantsers. They fly by the seat of their pants writing. So are you an outliner or a pantser? I'm always asked. And the pantsers like you, um, I think there's a lot of them. It's probably, I don't know if it's 50, 50, but I find that when I'm in interviews, especially with other authors, more of them don't outline than do. And I am in awe of that because, uh, I, I'm just, maybe I'm a planner and I just need to know what I'm writing to. Otherwise, I'll be driven crazy not knowing, you know. But here's, I mean, you know, here's the thing. You hear a lot or you read a lot of articles about it's like how you're supposed to write and how you're supposed to do stuff. I think that's all BS because yeah. everyone is different. The way sure. you work works for you. And that's the only way you can be productive. And that's how you should operate. Uh, you know, I can't do what you do. Exactly. And you can't do what I do. So we, no one should force themselves into like a formula to work. You know, when you write that you operate. The most important thing is like is having the ideas and thinking about that stuff. And then I want to say it was Stephen King who doesn't outline and doesn't thinks it stifles creativity, and he's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense. And I think it was, but I can't do that. But it was also him that um, said he doesn't. I think I don't want to misquote, but I thought I remembered reading very early on. He doesn't take longer to write a book than a season. <laughs> so that's where I got the three months from, and I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. It's funny how this arbitrary stuff that we resonate with or we don't, and you do, you have to take what serves you and just make you, it your Yeah, you have to find your comfort zone and your own things. Like, you can't find the formula to do that. And yeah. for me, it's like I write a bunch of stuff and then I have to forget about it for a while. And then I come back a month later and I start reading it. And again, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Uh, that doesn't make sense. And then I take it from there. It's like I'm reading somebody else's book and then just keep going. Yeah. And see, if I took a break that long in the middle of a project, I would be like, who the hell are these people? You're I don't even remember. <laughs> you forget. I barely remember Such a Quiet or Such a Good Wife because I wrote it very quickly. I don't do a lot of, of um, re revisions. And then I've written three books since. So, like, you, I was going to say, I hope you don't ask me a lot of specific questions because I probably won't remember <laughs> at this point. Such a weird process for everybody. It is so different. But that's great. It's like once the book is sealed, baked, it's out, that's it. It becomes like this strange entity to you. Wow. You wouldn't I never even want to look at it again. I never want I, I love choosing, helping to choose the narrators on Audible because I love Audible. Audible is good. I love the, my all my narrators. I can listen to like a sample yeah. just to hear a sound, but I can't listen to the whole thing because it it's somebody else's interpretation of your work, and that's always going to be hard to hear, no matter how great they are. Really? So you don't read really back the, no. the book? <laughs> I don't even want to edit it at all. I want to just like have them tell me what grammar needs fixing and a couple trouble spots and. And that's weird. I know that's weird, but um, it's just it's I don't I can't explain it. It's just like I, I'm. People ask if I'm if these are a series. Oh, I'm on book five. Oh, is it a series? I'm so bored with these people when I'm done with the book. Like, I don't want to listen to these people again. I'm done. I moved on to the next thing, you know? I'm probably the only one who feels that way, but it's a it's a funny relationship we all have with writing, right? I mean, yeah. It's it, 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 whatever gets you to the next, you know, the next adventure. Yeah. You know, that's it's all personal and subjective. So how does the process of editing work? So you finish a draft. 
as is and you just hand it to them to be edited uh like finding you know grammatical errors or whatever what 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 do That's they more line editing when i send it to my editor they come back with like a one pager of like what they loved and like what they had questions about and they'll go through the whole manuscript and usually you know i'm so grateful my last editor i i did kind of a cold end on a quiet street and she really asked for like an additional chapter Usually she doesn't have such a big sort of request. It's usually smaller. Did you think about this? Or, oh, her dress was red in chapter three and it's green in chapter eight. What'd you do? You know, stuff like that. Continuity from movies. Continuity. <laughs> and that's some big stuff. Right. And she asked me to add a chapter to kind of wrap up, to kind of give some more closure. And I'm so glad I did. I think it was the best thing I could have done for that book. And so they're there for those kinds of big yeah. overall sorts of things too. And, um, you know, a good editor is going to work with you and your vision and, the thing that I find, and I, you might find this in film, but I have been on sets and I haven't done a lot of film. I was kind of just getting into it when I probably met you. So I don't have a lot of experience, but I, I feel like kind of, I don't want to use the word disrespected as a writer, uh-huh. maybe as a female writer on set where people would just change your lines or just re- paraphrase them at will or a director would just kind of reshape a scene and you're right there as the writer like on set. Yeah. As an author, the the editor will ask you, I mean, literally, if I use the word it or and, they'll make a note and say, is this okay? This change, tiny little period. They'll ask you if that's what you meant and if this is okay for 400 pages and you spent days going through it. Yes, that's okay. No, that's what I meant. The respect that you get that you get from your collaborator, yeah. the collaborators, is just so much different than my experience in theater or film, where you kind of maybe it's because it's so much more collaborative in that you know way that yeah. you get a little walked over sometimes. But I just think that's so important for the work to really be respected the way it is in publishing and the way that I haven't found as much in my experience mm. with with film and how. Well, let me try and help explain a little bit of that to you if you might if, if oh, i may please. from my own experience i'm still okay. bitter so you if you yeah. have an explanation yeah. in 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 books like authors style books you know novels and things yes like you you were painting with words so accuracy we have to like okay you want this to sound like this you want that in film like at least most of the time i write the scripts and the way i write my scripts is like a script for me is just like you know this little thing to start with nothing is like sacred in it i just want to like paint a picture for the actors because in film you want real people to project things in reality you know, if I'm hiring you as an actress, I'm writing some lines. Lines sometimes on paper, they sound cool. But once a human being starts saying them, it sounds stupid or like off or maybe like oh, not genuine. You know what I mean? So I go right. to you and I say, usually as when directing a movie, I say, OK, so here's this scene. You're talking about this. I want you to try to make this as real as possible. So take these words as suggestions, but I would like to see you. The writer's nightmare. Yeah, because I want you in real life, if I put you in a scene, I say, okay, you're fighting with your husband about specific something, a remote control. I I want this to come out realistic. Because sure. we're painting visually. So you want a little improv, yeah. the visual medium. Because when I sit and write it by myself, a lot of times this, the the dialogues you write, it's not realistic. That, that's why. That's why. Like uh, you always get that uh, that that going joke where it's like um, a single child writing a script or dialogue for a brother and sister, and they're like, "Hey, what's up, sis? Like, what's up, bro? <laughs> nobody talks. Yeah, no one talks, talks like, like that in real life. <laughs> 
Uh, well, you hope you have a writer who would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> or just the overuse of someone's name, like, mm-hmm. hello, mother. Hello. I mean, like, you know, it's those one-on-one writing one-on-one yeah. things that we hope that we don't have to, but that's such a great example. You have no idea how many times a day as a teacher yeah. that I so writing that, writing for film, the writer who writes for film has to have like more of a visual, like eyeballs, visual perspective to words versus a book. Because things. But don't in the- you think that in a in any kind of big film, the, the writer would be sort of um, uh, that you collaborate in a sense to make oh, yeah. sure. That- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no. I think that's the, that's the problem. I have. And I totally agree that it needs to sound natural. Yeah. And on paper, sometimes it's stilted. But do you know in the theater? They have auditors come to big theaters, and for every word that an actor uh, paraphrases, they can yeah. beat the theater to be fined. Wow. If they're not literally verbatim the script, I mean, wow. I don't think that often, but it's possible. They can send an auditor to your production of Big Town, whatever. I mean, yeah. and, you, and you can be fined for every paraphrase that the actors didn't. That's how respected like the written word is kind of in my in my world so it was a little bit of a shock but i do hear what you're saying but you know like for me like i said i always like set my scripts to be not sacred so i'm like fluid it's all about the visuals and i let people experiment and the actors you know i give them stuff but if i was working with the writer the way i would do it i'll have you with me on the set always and then we both get to see people say those lines and words in real life i'll let you you know handle it yeah, I'll handle their performance. I'll handle the stuff, but the words I have you see for yourself. If yeah. the words you wrote sound good, do they sound lame or do they sound realistic? And you have to figure out a way how to verb it for them if you want to stick to words to say it yeah. a certain way. There are I some totally scenes that. that you have to say it exactly as on paper. Yeah, but I think that relationship and the respect of that relationship is 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 what I mean. You know, just making oh, sure yeah. that every on board and then you try sort of you know the improv paraphrasing making it sound natural especially if the actor's kind of you know not able to make something sound natural and they need to kind of just you know say it the way they need to to make it work and stuff of course of course i totally um, agree with you if you hire the writer like i said i would have them with you use them i'll have them with you all the time you know they have the experience they have the, the the you know the the vocabulary to you know phrase things so they can at least take that load off of me so I can focus on other things. But use the writer. Have him with you experience this stuff. Tell him what you're going for. They find the words. Not just bypass them straight up. I mean, I can bypass my own script because I wrote it. I can just, you know, just whatever. But if I had a writer that I hired, bring him into the experience. Let him, you know, let him take the first stab at it before you completely ignore them and start telling people to improvise and do weird stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's just common yeah, I sense. I think that's just why it's harder. I think if you are just truly a writer and you're not a director or an actor or anything else, um, you know, when you're really just wanting your story to be told the way that you're telling it, I think that's when fiction is a little bit easier for a writer in a sense. You have, it's the control. I think it's the control I like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot more control over it than it's collaborative. And I love theater and film. And I'll, you know, I'll probably always dabble in it just like on a quiet street you know is if we're working on a series and stuff and i still work in theater i still love it but i just think that just the absolute sort of control over a story on paper that nobody changes is oh yeah 
you know, maybe my power trip, but it's it's a, it's nice to kind of be in that medium and have that experience too. No, I, it's I totally agree with you. I mean, it's one of those play you have you yeah. find a place where you have one hundred percent control. Like in movies, we have to collaborate and do stuff. For me, when I sit down to draw, you know, I draw here and there. It's the one place I know no one tells me what to do. It's just yeah. me, yeah. the pen and the paper. I, you know, I go crazy. There's yeah. no, no one can change anything. It's the same thing. Everybody finds that one place because you collaborate all the time and you have to deal with different personality. Yes. And for somebody like me who is very solitary and could be left alone all day, which I usually am with my dog and my audiobooks on my walks <laughs> and my computer by myself almost all the time. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I envy you. People, I don't know anymore. I don't even know if I could do that anymore. It's been a while and I just kind of, you know, I just it's a very solitary existence. And if you're made for that, good on you. I mean, you know, it's just, it, it, it works for me. And I kind of finally found that in, in fiction. And I'm glad I found that because, again, I love this other stuff, but um, I'm just less of a collaborator, more of a loner. And so I'm glad that I kind of get to still do what I love to do by myself. <laughs> what, you're, what you're saying is uh, you, you kind of thrive during the whole COVID thing. Oh, nothing changed. Nothing. <laughs> I, I, I'm the weirdest person that way. I was already teaching 100% online. Come here, Bubby. Um, you know, I, I just have my 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 day-to-day dog walks, workout, computer. Uh, nothing changed. It was pretty sad. That I didn't feel the effects of it actually <laughs> anyway at all, and nothing's changed that much since, except I can go back. That's amazing. You're the first person I talked to who said that. It's like everybody, they all like experienced some shift and whatever. Oh. I mean, as I far mean, as I'm staying grateful home. for having a job that was COVID proof because you know I still was just a remote you know instructor. And well, I will say though, having my debut novel come out spring 2020 sucked. Oh, so how did that, that go? Something I'll never get back. And um, what was the, the experience? First, well, it was just a wah wah, you know, like it. Things were just not happening. And in such a good wife, you know, it was the next spring, but we were still the the publisher. I've yet to do one in person signing or book launch party or anything, which most authors do on book four. Uh, you know, it just it came out at a time where everything shifted with publishing and. Um, you'd think everybody was home reading and book sales would be better. That might be true for established authors, but for, for debut authors, which I was in 2020, yeah. it was rough. And and it didn't get better with Such a Good Wife. And it finally got better with Honor Quiet Street, which has done well. And now I have another one coming out. So, you know, crossing fingers that we're on a trajectory, but it wasn't the time to debut, you know, at all. And everything, all the, any touring, anything that you usually do, that, that never is- happened and still hasn't. It's just sort of all stayed, you know. Cool. I'm gonna. My book comes out on May 30th, so a few weeks. I probably do laundry that day. Like, there's not even like. A, <laughs> it's just that's just how it is. That's COVID still. I mean, it's just. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to explain. You're just kind of used to to. It's not even about the day that it comes out, though. It's about a few months later when you see how it does, really. But of course, you want to celebrate in some way. Of course. It's, yeah, that that kind of reminds me because uh, we had uh, me and my. Um, company if you will really unicorn productions shout out uh we had a covid release of our um what was it our technically our second film um and it it was it was kind of disappointing because like we had all these plans for have like a couple of weeks in like certain theaters and whatnot covid happened shut down everything um we finally got the movie like out uh right now it's on tubi and all that but um we had basically a private um Viewing. Uh, premiere yeah, yeah. Filming, premiere 
uh and it was really just us renting a, a theater to to be able to do that because yeah. no one was doing the theaters no one was going out it was like literally in the middle of it and um it, it really really s- staggered us yeah um covid it, 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 it sucked is, uh, the yeah. pleasure uh, out yeah. of all those experiences everything it, it, it really did yeah. But for your yep. new next book, you should come out and do a signing and all that stuff. I mean, since everything is back to normal, I think you should aggressively go do tours and stuff. I I know your uh, <laughs> your face your face says I want to stay home. <laughs> I can do that online. I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, you have to be in person and engage. You know, that's how you know yeah, people. That's how people start to get to familiarize with you. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think um, the networking and actually getting to know people is something that I haven't had to do. And, you know, gosh, I there's nothing. I have nothing but gratitude for the fact that I'm even still in print after when I came out. I think about, you know, everybody that went through so much during COVID and, and hears me say, well, I wasn't affected at all. I don't mean that to sound maybe the way it came off. I think about just all my poor neighbors that have high school students that didn't get to graduate and just the, the crushing disappointment everyone went through. So my book debuting, of course, is not the end of the world. But the fact that I'm still, you know, um, publishing and and stuff is, uh, I'm grateful and excited about that. And you're probably right. I probably need to kind of make that shift from COVID that I haven't made yet. I still actually kind of live as a writer. Like, yeah. like that's the yeah. thing. And we can go out in the world now. So maybe we will. You know? I mean, at um, least we'll at least for your books, I'm saying it's like it's good for you to, as an author, to start like putting the into face. Getting people. Yeah, putting in a face to the the books, you know, people start to see you regularly, at least specific events for launching the books, not all the time. And that will cement your reputation and, you know, your presence with your books out there. And you can come out and sign my book. (laughs) You can come out and sign my copy of Such a Good Wife. Any day. And I just got this big stack of Vanishing Hour, the one that hasn't even come out yet. I just, like, uh, two days ago, oh, I have a puppy. Um, they sent me a big stack of them. So those are the first like fresh copies. And, um, and yeah, so I, I have thought about maybe doing something locally. We, we kind of, for such a good wife, some friends got together. Did you ever do the truck yard in Dallas? Truck yard. Are you guys, are you guys in Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. Not Fort Worth? No. Uh, I mean, he's well, in I'm, Fort Worth. Yeah, I'm in Fort Worth now, but I've been okay. in Dallas for a while. Yeah. Oh, it's just this cool kind of, you know, um, it's this outdoor sort of bohemian picnic tables and mismatched furniture. There's actually a tree house with some seating up there and it has some live music. You can bring your dog. It's just a cool kind of staple. There's actually, I think one in, well, there's one in Plano. I don't know if there's one. I'm in Plano. (laughs) You are. There's one in Plano. It's huge. It's just a cool kind of, I don't know, hipster hangout. Um, (laughs) And we did a little bit of a sort of small friends, family get together there for one of the books. So I think it, if it's anything, maybe just a small, Small gathering, but maybe next time I can actually start really thinking bigger. And, oh, yeah, we should probably make this an occasion. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, honestly. Um, as a musician, I know getting out into, uh, you know, the scene, if you will, helps a long ways with just um, like meet and greets or like just showing yeah. up and just being like, hey, yo, this is us, whatever. And then, you know, uh, well, in our case, we give freebies like little cards that, you know, um, have links to our song or whatever. Um, I don't think you really do that for a book, <laughs> but, but. Hey, listen, they send me a giant box and it's going to sit in my garage for two years. So maybe I will. I mean, maybe I'll just bring it and be like the first, however many they sent me, 50 people, free book. And just kind of, you know, to, to help promote. There's no reason why not. Yeah, you guys are not wrong. Idea. You're yeah. very right about this. Yeah. It's just me actually like, um, 
you know, <laughs> get up and do it. getting out there and not getting shy in public and kind of doing it. But yeah, no, I, I think it's sage advice actually. I mean, because, you know, yeah. think about it, like you're in a good track, but at some point, if you keep going like this and, you know, I think your style is right for kind of success. And if you hit the next level, you are going to be forced to appearing a lot and doing things. Yeah. So if you start now, you get like, you know, the, the hang yeah, getting, of it. Yeah, getting used to it now, honestly, because yeah. uh, trust me, small I was, level. Yeah, trust me, I like, um, I'm on stage, um, uh, especially with the band, like, going up now, coming up a lot. And by the way, we have a show next Saturday. Judy. <laughs> that's Judy. Okay. <laughs> but um, uh, I was I was that shy guy in the back. I play bass, so like, I'm like always in the back, you know, just get it done, you know, woo, I'm here right now. Let me get off and just chill, have a drink, calm my nerve. Now I'm that guy. It took like, a, a, it took a couple of years. I'm not gonna lie. It took a couple of years to like really break out of that. And now I'm that guy jumping off stage, like getting people involved and whatnot. Like me and my, me and my, uh, my front man, mm-hmm. my, my vocalist, like we almost compete to see like who who's more well, obnoxious yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, i love that no you're right you know i think the thing is you get comfortable like obviously i come from the theater and i, I lecture in front of students all the time and you know and i and i and i, I teach public speaking for god's sake you know not wow. anymore live because now i've been online for four years Pre-COVID, I started being fully online 2019, and it's been four years behind my computer writing and not having to do that. So it's it's not even a matter of not being accustomed to it, not that I was ever that comfortable with it, but certainly then you're kind of like, this is cozy, this is nice, I like living here, like behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, um, it's tempting for sure. And then you just, you get your comfort zone and you can write it and then you can send it, especially when you're with a major publisher, they get to do all the marketing for you. You can just write the next thing and stay in your comfort zone. So I think you're absolutely right that getting out there, you know, and, and just having a face in the community, especially just locally, is important. Yeah, um, yeah. Locally. If you start locally, yeah. trust me, it goes a long way. Your name, yes. it just grows. Just those human beings, yeah. Yeah, it grows by itself. Yeah. So w- w- when do we expect the new book? May 30th. May thirty. All right. So this month. This All month. right. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the other one first before I jump into this one. So we're gonna put yeah. that one on the calendar and then. Yeah, see. I, I feel like On a Quiet Street is um it's the one to yeah definitely the one to read next. Yeah. It's actually you know what then when the, your new new book comes out we're gonna read it and then we're gonna jump on a conversation about it to celebrate. Cool. You so mean uh, so Vanishing so Hour or the one after that January January 9th, the next one comes out which is insane. Jan- uh, that it's so. Cool. No, the one that is coming out, the May. Yeah. So the recent one, yeah. So we're going to make you come out. Okay. (laughs) We're going to make you you come out and you start. Okay. It's a Tuesday, so I don't know. But if you It's going to come out out Tuesday. We're going to read it quickly. And then that weekend, we're going to hit it. You know, you can actually get, uh, if you want, well, you like to listen to them. I mean, I can get you an advanced copy like today. Oh, I love yeah. real copies. I, the re- only reason I listen to books is because time's constraints sometimes. Right. But I'm old-fashioned. I like real books. Well, if I got you a copy now, it would be digital because they are sending digital galleys. I have physical copies, but that would take a while to get you. But anyways, I'm just saying, if you want to read it before it comes out, I can find a way to... For you to read it for. Yes, please. But you were going to read on a quiet street, though, so I'll <laughs> figure Don't. it out. Look, I got a bunch of books behind me. I'm reading all the time. Good, I love it. Yeah, I'm a nerd book nerd. I mean, Tim, no. you know, I some, Tim is uh, started to join the wagon. 
Yeah, on actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because my girl literally just went to the library and picked up a couple books. Uh, a book for me specifically, which is a whole D and D thing. Uh, yes, I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably literally gonna start reading that probably after we're done wrapping this up. <laughs> really yeah. start nice. I mean, there's nothing wrong with some good old nerdy D and D. I like it. Yeah, we play D and D. We're nerd. Hey, no, I saw your um your Spotify and I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I come from the theater. That is not foreign to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At well, all. Yeah, our our thing is all mixed. You see us do playing D and D, and then we talk to directors, and then we talk to like you know some people who do like theology weird stuff. So it's like everywhere, which is you know. <laughs> just be able to take wherever you know i like a theme but wherever your interest like i said when i write a book that i'm done with that i want a totally new idea something fresh so to be able to just kind of go wherever your interest leads you to not have to be stuck to one thing and then feel like you might get bored of it i mean i can appreciate that so let me ask you this i mean since you're like you started writing recently but i'm pretty sure you read books before if i were to ask who's your major influence literature wise who would that be so do you mean like literature that i grew up with or like in my genre who would i recommend to read other thrillers by no not recommendation use you as a writer it's like your main influence would to become a writer when you started writing it's like you have that one or two authors that you'll be like these are the people kind of like okay uh, feel like those are more contemporary thriller writers that i fell in love with and said oh i really like what they're doing i want to do that too um because like i said before old literary theory and literature and the things that i you know you know all of you know stuff from the past is in a sense an influence because it kind of shapes who you are in your love for literature but as far as real influences recently i would say lisa jewell is a gift to the thriller space she's beautifully literary and can keep you know, the page is turning and I just, she's a really special writer. Um, and I also like Lucy Foley and I like Ruth Ware. Ruth Ware is the writer that I was actually reading, listening to her book in the car when I said, I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, so those are some of my favorite, like pretty contemporary thriller authors right now. Right on. Uh, yeah. And did, did you hear about, uh, recently it was on the news what's her name she's a famous writer she writes a lot of romance book nora something uh, i can't forget her name she's she's a very big name she writes like a romance books a lot nora efron probably yeah uh five of her books or something they were banned from the library in florida or something like that and then some other states what do you think of that I think we could go down a big rabbit hole when it comes to that. <laughs> I mean, she was um, outraged and she came and spoke out and says, you know, that's like I'm outraged. I don't agree with it at all. I think it's ludicrous. I mean, I, I've seen some of your previous podcasts. I think we're on the same wavelength <laughs> politically when it comes to a lot of things. So I don't know how much I want. I like to stay neutral as an author, you know, um, but I, I feel like um, not neutral. I, you know, I, I I don't want to throw out any major opinions on it, but I, I do think that it's, you know, a, a shame that any book would be banned. And I think it's, a, a, you know, sort of shocking in 2023 that that's even happening. It's, it really is. Um, and that, you know, I think that we're doing the best we can to sort of, you know, resist crap like that as much as possible. We probably could do more collectively, but 
yeah, it's, it's I insane. mean, to me, book banning and book burning is symptomatic of a failing civilization because that's like, you know, dark ages practices. I can't disagree. 20, yeah. 21st century books or any medium of communication, information and creative outlet is not uh, up for discussions to be banned or not because, you know, you have to accept the fact that the diversity of people, they will say whatever they say. You can only combat those things by uh, engaging them, either proving them wrong or not. You know, it's like you fight on the arena. You can't just, just burn it's, something it's away. You know, yeah. you can't burn um. disagreement away. <laughs> That's it. You can't, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, 2023, 21st century, everything else in the internet, you can never delete stuff anymore. You burning a book is a very pathetic attempt. Of... It has the opposite effect. It's like, hey, pay more attention to me. I'm a book. Oh, and yeah. I'm me. Like, it's not, you know, it really almost has the opposite effect. People want to, we're more interested in knowing what it is. Why would you want to keep me from this? That, that is so correct, because growing up, especially when it was a teenager and everything like you know i loved reading book literature so i grew up reading a lot of stuff and then it was specific i remember every book i hear about was like oh my god this book was banned it's sacrilegious or bad my interests burns to the skies like i need to find Nature, this book i want to see what's in it right i'm not interested in the you know like whatever pornographic material or sacrilegious <laughs> material it's no just lot. like I want to know why they banned it. It's like that yeah. burning curiosity that so many people are up against it, like about to destroy the whole country just because of a book. So I want to see. And then when see. you do read it and you, and then you wonder like, why what? they banned it, you still wonder because it's nothing you don't see every single day. Yeah. I mean, well, the, right. the, the girl who has a trend, a show, transgender show on TLC or something like yeah. that, the entire show would be transgender, but you're going to ban this tiny little book like, like that makes all the other, you know, outlets she has disappear because you're trying to control this one piece of it. And it's, I, I think it does, and good. I'm glad it draws more attention to most of these types I of mean, books. Most of the books in my life that I read, they were banned or like, you know, hated or feared and stuff. I obviously target them and collect them on purpose, but reading them, <laughs> yeah, reading them is like, I have yet to find something super shocking that, well, why they banned this book? I was, you know, there was like, okay, there's something weird or two or clever, but there was not like, I was never super shocked by the book that was like, oh my God, yes, they should have banned this book. I have yet to find that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's an interesting question. Probably the one shouldn't be answered, but <laughs> what would <laughs> make you not want to read a book? Like what information? <laughs> We'd be like, okay, I wish I never would have read this. <laughs> like this should be. <laughs> I mean, it exists. I'm sure it exists. I'll do it. No, I mean, it's called the government documents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope you are encouraged to not, you know, edit yourself. Or if you have a wild ideas and do stuff, please write that stuff. Don't let your uh, editors tell you you're gonna get banned because of this. You know, I, I think that um, the stuff I'm writing is escapism and it's fun and it's, you know, I mean, there's some definitely human elements to it and, and, and all of that. But um, hey, if they ban one of my books, I would feel like I'm a success. <laughs> but I really don't think that's going to happen. Not the kind of stuff I write, but, um, you know. I mean, well, I you'll be surprised. Maybe I would be. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Take some of your characters. If you start to, what do you call it? Make your characters more current, you know? 
throw in their yeah. genders and trends and all that stuff and put them yeah. in real life and see what happens, you know, demonstrate that they are just human beings like everybody else, but going through the motions, you might get banned no, because you used characters that are not conventional. Yeah. Yeah. So do that and uh, your success will be guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, well thank you very much for being with us thank you guys. i don't want to hold you up for too long you've been very generous and uh it's been a pleasure yeah yeah well i appreciate you guys asking me to to join you and it was fun and um yeah i will we'll party when the new book comes out apparently exactly. on Tuesday. Uh, i was gonna say <laughs> please I'm sure we'll be in touch you're local yeah we're local so once the book comes out definitely we want in okay. on that all cool. right all right, we'll talk to you soon. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good evening.